Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time. They are three book girls. Right, you lead, I'll follow, I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I did one podcast with Joey. Well, I did two, like two or three, and they always ended up really dirty. So. Well, this is going to be really dirty. <laughs> well, only because she found an article about sex robots. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, so sorry. And then we drank beer. Yeah, part but of that beer this, was so yeah. good. Part. <laughs> Heather, I apologize in advance for the blueness of this podcast, but. You're apologizing to me for the blueness? Yeah. Do you know what I do for a living and who <laughs> I do it with? Yes, but you don't usually, you're not usually able to say the things yes, that you want to say. But for the. 56 minutes in the four hour time frame that we're on the air. The other three hours and four minutes are filled with nothing but the most disgusting profanity that you've ever heard in your entire life. Okay, so you're going to be right at home. As My the whole female time. filter is destroyed forever and has been for like 17 years. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then no, no worries. So bring me your best. Do your worst. Okay, then. Oh, don't say that. We can get a whole lot worse than what we usually are. Oh, my God. I will have to say, though, I love it when you talk about Martha on your podcast. Like when you had that little bit about um, Martha having a crush on Gabe. On, oh, on oh, my Abe. God. I do yeah. not have a crush Abe. on him. He's like 12. Oh, I my know, gosh. but it was still freaking hilarious so, that you were talking about, like, you know, her writing in her diary. And the it was him writing in his diary. <laughs> so he, we had this note, this blank notebook that we found. And I started saying, this is Abe's diary. But every day, I would write in it as Abe in love with Martha. And there were the poems. Which is hilarious because Abe is like, what? how old is he, 21? No, he's 26, believe it. I mean, he, he still lives looks with his parents. 21. He's the same yeah. age he as I am. But 26 is still pretty <laughs> young. Much more and and for the record, I will be 54 this year. You always so, try yeah. to present like In you're like February. the matriarch of the station. And you're not that much older than any of us. How old are you? Especially Joey. I'm 41. Well, that's over 10 years. Well, it's dude. not like you could be my mother, though. We're no, closer to friends no, than true. like that's than true. that. That's true. And Joey is close to my age. Yes, closer. but Joey needs mothering. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to share that responsibility. Yes, he does need mothering. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I would, that was, that just totally grosses me out, the whole idea of, you know, Abe. <laughs> and but you gotta admit, the diary was funny. It was funny, yes. But the first time I heard it, I was like, people are gonna think I'm a pervert. Yeah. <laughs> and we should mention that we have Heather here, who oh, works yes. on the morning show oh. for Guys, we didn't even introduce you. For Kiss FM in Oklahoma City. In so. Oklahoma City, which you can find on Heart Radio, because that's how I listen to you at work. Yeah, it's the Joey and Heather morning show. Yeah, You gotta check it out, because Heather's awesome. She's they the, are pretty hilarious. She's the anchor of the, of the funniness. Well, they're just, like, you know, male children. They're men. So, yeah, I mean, anybody who can handle that bullshit for how many years? <gasps> 18 years this 18 year. 18 years of that <laughs> bullshit. March 1st is 18 years. Oh, I can't even crazy. believe I've done anything for 18 years. Do you feel like he should move out now? Yes, I feel like it's time to move on. Mama needs a garage apartment. <laughs> I try really hard not to be the, oh, you guys, you know, lady on the air. It's, I mean... But at this, you know, at this point, it's that's what they need. Yeah. They need scolding <laughs> yeah. and structure. 
sometimes, but you know, it's they need their pee pee slapped. It's kind of fun with those young guys like have to say, and sometimes they can lead you to some really funny like YouTube videos <laughs> <laughs> that you would oh, never see true. otherwise. Yeah, YouTube videos you would never know. <clears throat> <laughs> Japanese fetishes. I know it all. I know a lot. I've heard a lot. I've seen some things. So the whole the whole article that we're going to talk about today is not going to phase you one bit. No. Okay. Of I don't not. even know what it is, but I'm just going to say no. Okay. So I found this article the other day um, about a Japanese. Well, is it Japanese? I think that's what it said. Yeah, I didn't I'm pretty read sure the it's a article. Japanese. <laughs> She, a Japanese robot. She sends me articles like that in the like busiest time of my day uh, at I work. Do. Yeah. And I look at it, I'm like, oh man, I need to read that, but I can't yeah. right now. I yeah. gotta get this done by five. <laughs> okay. Here is the headline. Male sex robot with unstoppable penis set to steal girlfriends this year. What? <laughs> yeah. We're talking a an AI. Artificial, artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence mm-hmm. with a penis that can actually hold a conversation with you at the same time. My husband can't even do that. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but is it like steel, like a Jetsons robot or is no, it like human No, looking? it's like, it, it looks like one of those sex dolls. I'm just going to say if I need a penis, I don't necessarily want to hold a conversation with it at that's, the time. Yeah, exactly. That's what I said. I'm like, shut the fuck up and I'm horny. That's what you're here for. <laughs> and then the robot goes like, all right, let's do that. <laughs> shut the fuck up and thrust harder. But the funny thing is, you guys, is they're having a really hard time hard time <laughs> pun intended uh, getting it right because the robot actually has to move see the female sex robot is fine it just sort of it lays just, there it just has to lay there <laughs> doesn't have to actually do anything except for be an orifice basically sure. but the and male sex robot a- actually <laughs> has to thrust and move has to do something right so um it's bad on the back <laughs> Yeah, so they've got these pictures on here that show what the likeness of the female sex robot looked like, and then they're, they've got the male ones, and at first I'm like, you know, they look like robots, and as I scroll down, it's like, hey. Maybe <laughs> oh not. My God. How you doing? Put some skin on that Are there thing. different they're races diff- and structures? Yes. And- yes. Yeah? Yeah. But it doesn't move. It can have a conversation, but it doesn't have a thrusting No, function? they're working on it. They've, they've got the hip. They're working on the hip movement. Ah. <laughs> Which is why, why is it's this? not out yet. But, you know, they have vibrators that, like, almost, like, thrust. So... So, Vani, tell us about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't actually, I don't actually have one, but I'm always curious about everything. And if you go to Hustlers... Oh, they Hustlers. Have We've been to Hustlers, yeah. They have vibrators out on a table, and they will show you what they do. And one of them, like, you hold, and it, like... Thrust your hand like <laughs> as you're holding, and it's like, wow, how much is that? <laughs> like, hmm, I need to put some money in savings. <laughs> it's probably expensive, right? Being single for my life won't be bad. <laughs> so there's, so there's this section on here. Yes. You can even choose what its nipples look like. <laughs> Who cares? That's Who what cares? I'm saying. Who cares I, I, about I don't the care nipples. what the nipples look like. I want to see what the penis looks like. Yeah, Why are there no penis pictures on here? Oh, there's no penis pictures? I thought no. that's what you were looking at. No, it's pictures of the guy's face. Oh, who cares? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, being females, like, right? Isn't that this the one has his hand down female? his pants, but he doesn't have the penis out. Uh, Why did they never show penises? But what's sexy about having your hand on your pants? No, I could, I could. Ooh, baby, I'm sexy. <laughs> I don't know. I Let mean, me Al Bundy it. The one picture they have in here that could have been interesting, they have a fucking party hat put on over it. What the hell? <laughs> I'm so sorry, Martha. On the penis? You're going to have to go f- to a different website for your penis fix. I'm, yeah. Yeah. But if I do that, then my browser will be screwed up forever. And this is the company computer. I didn't say do it here. any of those yet? <laughs> <laughs> If you do it, you can do it on this computer because this is the computer I use. And if they ever confiscate that, we're all screwed. So you can go look at whatever you want. When Nicole realized that, she pulled her hands back real quick. She kind of did. Well, well, I was waiting to see who's been using it because I was like, I don't know if I want to touch this anymore. That's the same computer. You use that computer and you're like, why? That's the same computer that Jacob uses. Oh, there's no telling. Like, if that hard drive ever gets taken, Jacob doesn't creep me out. No, but I mean the guys looking they stuff look up. Weird stuff up. Ron Williams used to use that computer. I would look weird stuff me. up. <laughs> yeah, so, I look weird stuff up. I, I think can't say two episodes ago I was literally looking up like uh, bras for big boobs. Yeah, we, we did like, talk about bras. <laughs> we yeah. talk like about big boobs. Big like, boobs. Well, just like something that actually supports big boobs and doesn't like, like I don't know break when you bend over to get something out of your purse. Speaking mm-hmm. of which, That'd does be anybody nice. believe in a wireless push-up bra? Is this a thing? I've almost ordered one like no. 50 times in the no. last no. month. And Every I time I've tried the them, they just, well, they like unibra you. They uniboob you. Uh, that's yeah. not For a real me, thing. It does. Uh, I just I don't have don't big like boobs, it. obviously. But they say it, it's not a real thing. For the they underwear? look so good in the advertisements, though. You know well, what I started yeah, using is, small I wish they're not push-up, though, and I wish they were, but like uh like maiden form makes bra minimizers or like boob like minimizer it's a bra it just like holds it closer to you so i don't feel like my boobs are just like out there i just want one that when i put the seatbelt on it doesn't make the seatbelt go all the way to the side because i have a uni boob and you put the seatbelt on i want it to stay in the middle and not go right here sure Mm -hmm. because like if i wear like a sports bra or something that's where it goes. I want a and push-up like, bra that's comfortable. Yeah. If I we get, had, we had that discussion last week. It's yeah. so, oh, it's so hard to find. I just wear sports bras all the time. You know that. But well, I I can't relate to any of this shit. So well, look sorry, at you. You got something sassy on right now. Tiny underneath your ninety-eight nine shirt. Yeah, right? this, yeah. Look at you trying to sex us all up. Look at this. This is my <laughs> cage. My, my oh, shut up. Her tank top. <laughs> my cage tank. Nothing says ravish my body more than a sexy bra and a radio station. Polo shirts. Uh, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just make... kidding. It's a cute combo. I like uh, that you can see I it. I had to there. do this because the place that I went was Tea for the Soul, and that's where I got this. Oh, they have all kinds of stuff in there, right? Yeah, they do. Yeah. For all sizes. But I wore it under there because I knew I was going to be trying stuff on. Oh, yeah. Good call. So, all right. right. So, um, should I'm, we start with some books? Yep. Yeah, I think we should. Uh, We're kind of on a time limit. It's we like are on a time so. limit. Damn it! I know so you wanted to get procrastinate this some more. Party started. <laughs> Damn it! Guess and, put that male sex robot on the back burner. I think yeah. we covered it, we right? Did. With a party hat. We, Plug those, in, uh, we covered it can, with a party hat. Yes. <laughs> save those pictures for when you get home, Martha. Plug them. You're in gonna so need them. Charge. Why to show him what looks? <laughs> <laughs> To make sure that he can tell you, talk about your, his feelings with you. Yeah, Just no get, conversation I don't want to talk about my feelings, I'm horny! 
I know, right? When like, I <laughs> never mind. Isn't that what you said earlier? That. Oh no, <laughs> she what said that earlier. I was going to say when I get my vibrator out, I don't want to talk about my feelings. <laughs> That's a good thing because you don't have to, right? Exactly. That's right. Just <laughs> do me. There's no talking. There's no cuddling afterwards. <laughs> you girls are quite a bit more freaky than what I bargained for. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he honey. goes back into don't his drawer. I go back on my side of the bed, and it's good. <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to worry about whether he wants to stay the night. Exactly. Get the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) And then when he does want to stay the night, you can say, "Uh, are you sleeping on the couch or am I? Because I ain't sleeping in this bed with you. (laughs) (laughs) We're all married. So, yeah. No, Nicole's Um, not married. I'm not married. I'm I'm not married. I'm talking about the rest of us. was married. So the two of the you. Two of <laughs> okay. Heather and podcast is married. Me and Heather. We kind of have like every, you know, aspect. We, we, we have do. the married. We have the living in sin. Yep. And then we have the just Rude. plain sin. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I did. I'm just living in sin. Yeah. And then you have a baby. And then you get married. Yeah. And that's the logical order. Uh-huh. Like, well, that's, that's the new world order. Let's be real. Yes. Yeah. Which is actually much more practical than the old world order which is fucking (laughs) bullshit which is why so many people got divorced well you know i heard a lot of young people or you know younger than us like the next gen the generation Mm -hmm. is like they're spending less money on marriages and like wedding rings and everything else just because you're spending all this money for one day and they're just saving it for other things that they can spend it on which makes sense like their student debt like their student debt yeah. or trying mm-hmm. to get started in life. Oh, and- totally. I spent $8,000, no, $10,000 on my first wedding. And I was married for 10 and a half months. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. I didn't know you were been married twice. Yeah. The first one was See, you learn all kinds of shit about your coworkers <laughs> when you invite them on the podcast. True story. Brooks is my current husband. Like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't tell this. I don't tell this on the radio. But Brooks is my current husband. And we were all friends. And I was walking down the aisle and made eye contact with Brooks and thought immediately, because, you know, I knew there was something there. Yeah. I thought immediately, like, oh, shit, like, this is a mistake. And we immediately <laughs> went to Italy and we were there for two weeks and he was lost the whole time. And so I was getting drunk and thinking, like, oh, why did I do this? And I threw up in my suitcase <laughs> in Italy. <laughs> Where I don't speak the language to find oh out where the God. laundromat is, and I have no currency to oh. wash my clothes. Oh God, Heather, it was a, it was a night. Oh, sorry, it was a nightmare. So that we got married in January, and by by Halloween, like that was it. You knew it was done. And what could I have done with that ten grand? Like you could have done a lot of things. A lot, mm-hmm. man. That's a lot of fucking that's money. That's an expensive life lesson. Yeah, <laughs> but I will never make that mistake again. Yeah. <laughs> And you're with the man of your dreams now. Well, yeah, he's a good guy. <laughs> I mean, seriously, if if I ever get married again, I don't want a big wedding. I did not like the wedding that I had, and it wasn't even that big. It just Hated goes it. by so fast. Hated my whole wedding. I have two I want to get, like, just, you know, I want to go to Vegas. I want to make it tacky, get married by, like, Elvis or something sure. like that in my pajamas and bunny slippers and just... Okay, I was going to say you went too far on that. Two words. <laughs> <laughs> you took it too far. Two words. Too far. Destination wedding. Those are Just also saying. yeah, but That's, see, you're going to spend ten grand on a de- yeah. No, I don't want to go no. to like Hawaii yeah because or I looked something. at the prices. If you well, if you're 
talking Mexico. No. They charge no. you like I'm talking several about grand. Everybody goes somewhere. Everybody buys their own fucking ticket. No, that's I'm talking about married, in Mexico. Like just for you to be on that beach where they are literally Fuck using chairs, man. Let's no, go I'm just else. saying anywhere in Mexico or like at a destination for you to get a like somebody to marry She's you. She's looked this up. For, she has. I, yeah, well, I've been to, to I several. went to a couple already in Mexico. It's thousands of dollars just to for people for them to let you have that congregation of people. That's and then okay, so I'm just saying, ridiculous. Martha, if I ever have a destination wedding, you better be ready because it's going to be in Canada or Alaska. Because Canada's awesome. No I, Alaska. Do not fucking make me go to Alaska. What about Alaska? Alaska? Be awesome. awesome. Yeah. You know what? I want to get married on, on the oh, Maid of the Alaska. Mist. Like on the office, you know, they got married on the Maid of the Mist. That would be so freaking cool. Yeah, yeah but you're from New York, so. That... I don't care. That would still be cool. What? Don't, don't roll your eyes at me. I, it's never going to happen anyways, so. <laughs> Well, I am saying like like destination weddings are expensive. I did realize the Mexico thing is actually cheaper than a lot of places in Oklahoma City because I've yeah, looked at a yeah. couple and just for the venue, she looked at it's this. like well, yeah, it's get like ready, ten Travis. grand, like some just to have your venue just to get married. Is, I'm gonna get my um, my license to marry people, and I won't charge you. How's that? I well, mean, that's the least of the expenses. I know, I know. I Jeff just... Couch already said he's uh, marrying me. You Sorry. would pick Jeff Couch over me. I'm so offended. Well, so they have planned my wedding more than I have, honestly. So <laughs> Jeff says he's going to marry us, and Jay Davis says he's going to uh, serenade us. Of course. <laughs> no, he <laughs> says he's going to sing yeah. Champagne, How About Us. Oh, you know oh. he would. You know he would. Jay, I'd pay to see that. We got married at a destination wedding in Mexico and, you know, it was an all-inclusive place. And like Mm -hmm. Nicole was saying, like, even though it's an all-inclusive place and all of our guests had paid and Mm -hmm. all the drinks are free and all the food is free, it's like $600 just to have a dinner at an all-inclusive place where you can just walk into the restaurant and eat for Mm -hmm. free. That's But to get the group to do it, so it is very expensive. Mm -hmm. But my husband and his buddies discovered that they had real Jack Daniels and not the cheap stuff (laughs) on the day of the wedding. So Mm -hmm. he was... You're turning your head, dude. Am I? What the hell? I don't have headphones on. Oh, okay. I'm not... This is Ed's microphone, too. Like that, I'm used to that one. I don't know this one, so... I won't turn my head anymore. But okay. anyway, so, yeah. Like, then everybody's sloppy drunk You gotta kind of, like, turn like this. You I think radiate. it's important that we say that, Nicole, your wedding will be magical no matter what. Thanks. So don't listen yes. to us. And I hope we're invited, even though we're dogging you about your wedding. Hey, I don't know if I'm ever gonna get married, but... I can plan shit if I, you know, I, I need yeah. to know what to prepare for because I don't Vegas, have 10 grand. We'll, and you're going to, you know, do it at a only, you know, two people in the chapel. We'll come drink with you before or after. I'm sure. You know, honestly, I'm not worried about the ceremony, but I want to have a big ass fucking party. Like, oh, and invite yeah. everybody and have like. That's what we did. Yeah. We spent so little money getting married. Hardly any money getting married. Mm-hmm. Because but then the reception was huge. Yeah. We, we had an open bar. The rest of it. Psh, who cares? Went to a Catholic mm-hmm. church because my husband wanted to go to college. <laughs> Did the thing, blah, blah, blah. And then we went and had the party. Right. That's how mm-hmm. you do it. I went yes. to the courthouse in El Reno before hey. we went to Mexico. There you go. Nothing, on Valentine's Day. Woo-hoo! Nothing says romance like, like the El Reno courthouse. Yeah. <laughs> on Valentine's Day. Do you have an onion burger for your meal? <laughs> no, but we should have. It would have fit right in with the rest of the day. <laughs> You know it's true love when you get an onion burger on the way out. Kiss me, baby. I have onion bread. 
And you married me. You're stuck with it. <laughs> Let's get some books in here. I read, I read something different this week. I took a break from my Vietnam War. What? Saga. But Kayla sent me a book that now I want to read about the Vietnam War. I want to know what it is. The, the non-war book? Non-N-O-N? Non-war book. I did oh, not see, she read usually war reads book. war books. It's like her thing. I'm a war I, oh, we got to talk about that then because I love war. I love World War II books. Uh, see? The, see? 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 I love yeah. War War yeah. II. She's the queen of war. Here. The queen of the war. Queen of war. She's the queen of oh, war. Oh, that sounds so powerful. I she know. is powerful. Wah. What'd you read this week? It's called uh, Dead Ringers by Christopher Golden. Golden, and like I will Bonnie have to Golden. Say that the only reason I picked this book is because I have a cousin named Christopher and last name Golden. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, dude, you didn't tell me you wrote a book. But, you know, I've read some really good books that I've picked solely on names. So, you know, and this one was not a disappointment. I really enjoyed it. Very different than what I usually read. It's more like a sci-fi mystery. What? You or, read sci-fi? Or almost like a magical. I, I don't know out. if it's really sci-fi or, but what the story is, is that it starts out that this guy named Frank gets attacked at his house by somebody with the same face as his. What? And they tie him, they chain him up in his basement and like take over his life. Holy crap. Like, pretend that That sounds like something I would read. Him. And um, then it goes to another lady named Tess who's walking down the street and sees somebody who looks exactly like her ex-husband except she knows that her ex-husband is out of town with his new girlfriend and so and she tries to speak with him and he acts like he doesn't know her and she get she almost gets offended by it but then she's talking to her best friend named Lily and Lily tells her, hey, that's kind of funny because I went to this art gallery and this one artist looked exactly like me. So you have like these three doppelgangers that just show up in these people's lives. And then it's kind of like, OK, that's too much for coincidence. What's yeah. going on here? There's something has to be going on. Was it like that Michael Keaton movie? No, no, they're not clones. They're not clones. <laughs> something much darker. <laughs> darker than clones. Yes, I love and it. Then you find out and then it kind of goes to this lady named Audrey, who is an occult specialist and often works with police, like um, busting people who are pretending to be mediums and psychics and like taking money from people she is like doing like her like morning run she lives on the beach and um she sees this blind man who's like homeless and he's like dressed in rags and he has like this dirty blindfold over his eyes you know has like dried blood on it it's just nasty she gets physically sick from seeing this man and it's like this man is like stalking her and um, then you find out a little bit into the book, this is still all very close to the beginning, that all of these people who are seeing these doppelgangers were all involved in this very old house that was bought by a hotel. And when they started renovating it, they found out there was a, a false basement that nobody knew about and it wasn't into the plans. And in this box, there's this apparition box full of mirrors and a pit and there's dead bodies around the pit and a dead body inside the pit and then this apparition box 
when um, one of them looks into it, they like see like a corpse looking out at them for only a split second. Mm -hmm. And so then you find out that there's spirits trapped inside this apparition box. And that's what's causing the doppelgangers. So then it turns into like these spirits who are like literally the ideal identity theft because they're siphoning the soul out of these people who were involved in this, you know, renovation of this hotel. That sounds creepy. Was it scary? It was a little bit scary, not extremely scary. I would have to say it is not sexual in any way, but there is violence in it. <laughs> you sound disappointed. <laughs> she is. No sex. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> I'm so surprised. This totally does not sound like something you would like. It's did you not, like it? And I did like it. That's the funny thing that the author really catches your attention and keeps it through the book because these are like ordinary people with ordinary lives and that they don't know what's going on and they don't even realize that they're connected in these doppelgangers until they start talking to each other a little bit because like um, Tess, who is married to Nick and Tess is the one that sees her ex-husband or I'm sorry, was married to Nick. You know, it wasn't until she's talking to him that, you know, they find out that Tess has a doppelganger, too. Ah, so then they have to fight them or kill them or how do you get rid of them? Well, there is a way that they have to get rid of them, which I'm not going to tell you because okay. you have to read the book to find out. I'm going to have to read the book. But I know it. It's actually <laughs> extremely it, it, it definitely kept my attention. I'm, definitely I'm kept just my attention. so captivated by the idea that you liked this book. Because, well, you know, I, which is kind of sad. Because she's one of those people that's like, oh, well, this doesn't, this doesn't match up. You can't do that. I'm intrigued. Well, it, interesting. and there wasn't anything that really struck me as extremely false in it. Hmm. But you know that I'm a ghost person. Oh, that's right. And I, also I forgot like, the ghosty side of you. I, I like things about the occult. I think it's extremely interesting to read about like occult and dark I'm magic. I stick my face up against her window some night and freak the fuck out of her. Oh, you should. <laughs> you should hide in her closet and when she gets done with that dildo you can <laughs> sneak out. Ah! Woo! Sleep on the couch. Ah! That was gross. I'm sorry. I don't know what, I don't know what happened. No, that was funny. <laughs> I'd probably like be oh, go away, I'm sleepy. <laughs> but yeah, it was really good. I really enjoyed it and I'm surprised because when I read the description after I saw who wrote it, I was like, eh, this might be interesting, but I want to read it because it's the same last name and I'm such a dork. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I liked it. I would recommend this to people. Awesome. So surprised. I okay. mean, it's not like mind-blowingly book hangover-y like some of the books I read because mm-hmm. they're so intense. Mm-hmm. Like A Little Life. But this is like this is a nice break from my intense emotional sagas that I usually Horrible, read. Horrible, depressing, mind-blowingly, soul-suckingly fucking sad. Wasn't it you that read A Little Life? Yes. Yes. I love that book. This is my best oh my book God. I've ever read that in my book, entire like, life. was one of the very few books that ever made me want to break out and cry. And I probably would have if I wasn't sitting at work oh, when I, I was did. reading it. I cried and cried. That mean like rip your heart out. Oh my I gosh, know. it was so Not good. Not even just rip your heart out, like stomp on the ground, put it back in your chest just so you can rip it out again it was in a couple of chapters. Way too long and it should have been more edited, but 
even with that, it's so it was it's so good. Yeah, it was. But this is a nice break from my Vietnam because I have more Vietnam stuff that I want to read. <laughs> okay, she's already made her way through World War II for the last two fucking years. Oh, yeah. Now read- she's <laughs> on to Vietnam. <laughs> I like World War II. I Nothing wrong with that. And again, that is Dead Ringers by Christopher Golden. And I would recommend this book to a friend. To think, me, your oh, friend? Yes. I think you would like this book. There is nothing emotional about this book. You would like it. And <laughs> it's not. Because you don't have a heart. I don't. <laughs> no. The Tin, tin man, man. It's Tin Man approved. <laughs> tin Man approved. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go next. Okay. This is probably going to be one of the most mixed reviews I've ever Ooh. given. But I read Alias Grace by Margaret Atwood. I've been Which, wanting to read that. Uh, I was really interested in reading it because of the Netflix uh, short, a very short series that they came out with what, that was fantastic. I really enjoyed watching it. And I love murder. I love mysteries. All of it was right in my alley. So I picked it up. And one, the first thing is it was way longer than I was expecting it to be. It, I mean, it's not that long. It was like 500 and... Or 468 pages. Yeah, but um, Handmaid's Tale was really short. Yeah, so... It was like that, 200 I guess, and some odd pages yeah, or something, wasn't and, it? I mean, I just finished reading a seven, or 850-page book, so the, it wasn't the length necessarily that... I, I was just kind of surprised of how thick that book was. But essentially, it follows the story of Grace Marks, um, and it's a true story, or at least her part is true, because in the 1800s, um, she was a maid, I guess, for um, a couple, well, for a house in which there was like a master and his mistress, who was also the head uh, maid. And she ends up murdering them, or supposedly she murders them. Who does, Grace? Yeah, Grace Marks. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's a true story. Uh, It was a hugely famous um, new story at the time. And it takes place in Canada, just so you guys know. Okay. But so... the book focuses on this story of Grace, but then it goes and she adds her own story into right. it, which is she really pretty to, right. fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the book was great because you every chapter you start out, well, every, I guess there's different parts, but every part starts out with like a news clipping from the time period. Like okay. an actual news clipping? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, so it'll be from like the Toronto Times and it'll give you like a couple paragraphs of what they were talking, how they were talking about the case or what they were saying. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty fascinating and they're pretty short. Um, and then there'll be like a quote or something after it or whatever she feels like putting it in. And then it's the um, story of essentially the book begins after Grace has been in prison for, I think, 20 years. Um, she's been essentially a long time. And so they're trying to get her out of prison. At first they thought she was insane. And then they realize she's not insane and she's always maintained her innocence. And so they bring in this doctor and the story, the actual book flips back and forth between the doctor's perspective and Grace Mark's perspective. Um, And you get some of the actual or Margaret Atwood's description of the actual murder. Hmm. Um, So it's really interesting. Hmm. Um, And this doctor is trying to figure out like. Well, one, she says she can't remember this murder. So he's trying to figure out if that's true so or not. So he has not. no idea if she's innocent or not. Yeah. But then he kind of like gets a crush on her. <laughs> like an 18th. Uh, of course he yes. does. So, uh, and 
I, they describe her as being very beautiful. There's actually pictures or drawings, I guess, of her and her accomplice from their, that were published in a newspaper at the mm-hmm. time. She was pretty, very pretty. Um, and so, yeah, it's very interesting to see. Some people think she's a witch. But some people think she's truly insane. Um, and there's just all these different... Everybody has their own opinion. And at the time period, this was your entertainment is... Mm-hmm. Right. Who killed who or... It, it Not unlike a, today. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's very true. <laughs> Nothing has changed too much. Um, but... So the story is absolutely fascinating. But I have to say... I got like 200 pages into it and had so much trouble continuing. Like I wanted to, it kind of made me want to fall asleep. Because it was super boring. (laughs) It wasn't boring. It was just her writing is, when did she write this book? 1996. But I feel like she is a very older, I don't know how to put this, but her writing style is not it depends from 1996. On it depends on what she's writing, though. Okay. Because I've read a ton of stuff from her that is not that. I think it's but that story. I didn't have a bit. problem reading The Handmaid's <laughs> Tale. Like, I read it super fast. I never... But it was even a little bit boring the way yeah. it was written. So there's some parts in this where you're just like... I, I don't know if she's trying to imitate the 1800s. Probably. Because uh, I read 18th. Oryx and Crake and it was awesome yeah. and it was nothing. It, it was, okay. Yeah. But, but I didn't really like Alias Grace as I was trying to watch it. The so. TV, I loved the TV show. I didn't I thought really it was care fascinating. for it much. Um, yeah. Especially the ending, because you're like, holy shit. I never even got to the ending. I was like, oh, fuck this. I'm just <laughs> I want to watch it now or read it. So what would you say? Would you say watch it or read it? Honestly, uh, I would watch it. Yep. I knew she was going to say that because her, her eyes went sideways. She's like... <sighs> I feel bad for saying that, but... On, the, and nothing in this was not interesting, but it was just that writing style was too, not not my style. Stilted, maybe? No, it's just mm. too strict. And she really yeah. is, it may, reminds me of trying to read, I mean, and I like Pride and Prejudice, but it's, you have to be I in the don't. mood to read that time period. Right. And yeah. she's writing in that time mm-hmm. period. And it, it, I had to sludge my way through it. <laughs> I, I literally had to force myself one Saturday to finish the last 150 pages because I knew if I didn't do it, like if I didn't just sit down and get that shit over, <laughs> it, it was never going to happen. Never going to do it. <laughs> but when, as, the later you get into it, it kind of picks up again. And I don't know. But I did. I do really enjoy this story. And so that's Alias Grace by Margaret Atwood. Awesome. All right, me. Heather, you're up. Okay, so I wanted, I initially just wanted to do a book review about this, but then I don't know if this changes the format, but it made me think of something interesting that I kind of would like to add as well. I read, it's called My Abandonment, and it was by a guy named Peter Rock. Okay. And I read this because the best movie that I saw last year was called Leave No Trace. And this book is based on that. The movie was based rather on the book My Abandonment. So if I can, I'd like to start with what the movie is, which is it's about this man who's Ben Foster. He's the father and he's got a preteen daughter and they live undiscovered in a national park. They have this really cool like hut set up and like they have she has um, an encyclopedia set. They go into town, come to find out he's a war vet and he gets disability checks and Hmm. they take those. They buy the essentials they need. They're vegetarians. 
They don't mess with the woods. They they live there. She does homework. She's been schooled. He takes care of her. They're healthy. They're happy. They're just fine. They're until just this, off the grid. Right. Until the state comes in and finds them living there, which you can't do. So they take oh. them and they put them in this and they test them and they do all this stuff. And they say, well, she's testing way above her grade level. She's obviously been well take, taken care of. She's cared for. She's not abused, anything like that. Mm-hmm. So they put them on a horse farm and give them a job and an apartment to live in. Well, as that story develops and she's kind of going like, hey, this is cool having a place to live and having food. Mm-hmm. Um, you find out from the father's side, they're showing his viewpoint as well. He's taking these tests and you know that he's suffering from a pretty severe case of PTSD. Oh. And the longer he's working on this farm and he's being around heavy machinery and he's thinking he hears helicopters and the nightmares are coming back, that this isn't going to work for him. Ugh. So he makes the daughter, even though she doesn't want to pack up her stuff, they leave in the middle of the night. They go into a forest. It's winter time. They almost freeze to death. They find a cabin. Like they meet some people. He gets in an accident. They meet like a group of hippies that kind of live off the grid as well to help mm-hmm. them. Like how much do you tell? Do you tell the ending? Do you leave? Don't tell the ending. Don't tell no. the ending. No. Okay. No. I won't tell the ending, but I will say that as it goes on, you realize that this father is sicker than you ever knew and that he's been holding it together to try to raise this daughter. Her oh. mother had died in childbirth. Um, Okay, so best movie, best movie. I highly recommend it. So I read the book, but what I wanted to bring up was that I had read the book Bird Box on vacation a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just stumbled on it at half price book. Just, I picked it up and uh, read it and I loved it. And it was yep. so intense mm-hmm. and I was so like obsessed with the book. Well, then come to find out Sandra Bullock's in a Netflix movie about <laughs> Bird Box. Who knew? And yep. I was really excited about it and I watched it and I liked the movie Although it didn't follow the book very much. No, it didn't. It really didn't, no. right? Like there's some huge discrepancies there. Huge. Yes. I think the book was a lot more intense. Not, And I'm not the person that will always say like, well, the book is so much better. But <laughs> really, are, in this are. case, the book was so much better than the movie. Mm-hmm. Even though I really enjoyed the movie as well. So having read the book and then watched the movie, that's the way it's always gone my whole life is you read the book, then you watch the movie Mm -hmm. and then you draw whatever parallels you want. Right. But in this, having watched the movie, which was amazing, and then finishing the book, which of course I was in the middle of another book and was like, (laughs) oh shit, they've already reviewed that one. I have to read this book. So I was like (laughs) sitting on my couch at four o'clock today going like, oh, I got to finish before the kids get off the bus. (laughs) Um, But I did, I got it finished. Um, The book was totally different. And where I think that Leave No Trace, the movie, like was a full, it was very circular and like the story was complete. The book goes along with how the movie was for the first half and then abruptly changes. And it's a whole nother story. Whoa. And I didn't care for it at all. But I really wonder now, like, would I have liked it more had I not seen the movie first? But the fact that I saw the movie and I loved the way that the circle of the movie went did that affect my feelings towards the book which i would say was too uh, was too abrupt in the way that it just ended hmm. but maybe i wouldn't have felt that way otherwise so i will have to say that it always seems like in most cases if i watch the movie first and then read the book a lot of times i like the movie better than the book really not always but sometimes, but sometimes yeah i that's happened like with three I, I can't, or four. I can't really think of any times. Hon- I, 
Honestly, my favorite thing to do, like, I actually kind of like watching the movies first because I get onto Martha about this a lot because she's going to say, I only re- like the books. The movies are never, ever better. She's about to, she's got that look on her face. She's going to say that. She said that to me before. No, but my, I'm not going to say that. My, my thing is I kind of appreciate them for like Separately. different art yeah. forms. Yeah. And so, we have this conversation all the time. Um, like Alias Grace, when I watched the TV show, I watched it first and I re- really loved it. The book is really good. It's a different pace. Uh, it, that's probably a horrible example. because That was on that. Netflix, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, but, I watched that Netflix series. Mm-hmm. But I, I, sometimes, just because of how much I love a movie, I will go get the book, and I, I don't mind if they don't match. I Personally. Did with, I did that with Jurassic Park. And they... And, and I, I love, love both. The, the book was way better. I don't think I don't think it was I necessarily think it was better. better. I think no. Like I absolutely love both for the own <laughs> because the book is super scientific. Like he goes down to your DNA and he's very specific mm-hmm. on all these scientific things that you can get super lost in. Right. The I movie touches on it to give you the background, but it's more focused on the action and the, the actual entertainment, the parts. dinosaurs. And you yeah. can actually see visually the dinosaurs instead of just hear or read descriptions of it. I get that. The so, thing that bothers me about watching the movie and then reading the book is that if you watch the movie first, like for example, in this one in leave no trace, Ben Foster plays the dad. He's short. He's kind of red haired. Mm-hmm. He's maybe balding and he's it's short in stature. And it's not the same description. In the book, the guy's six foot four. He's yep. this big manly man with dark brown hair and a black beard. And so I struggle with that. If I read the yep. book after I see the movie, I always want to place the actors in my head. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't I don't it's, I don't like that. It steals mm-hmm. your vision. And that's my issue with mm-hmm. watching the movie. It first. does mine. It definitely does mine. And then when I read a book first and then watch the movie, if the person that's playing it is completely different than the the character, I'm like, that just that's not fucking right. Yeah, that's it not bothers the right person. <laughs> I don't like that actor. I'm never gonna like that actor ever nope. again in my life. Which is why I don't like Tom Cruise anymore. I'm not uh, that picky. <laughs> I appreciate them. It's just it's, uh, some. But people... there are a lot of times when the movie is better than the book. For example, in The I Martian. She's saying this. Somebody mark her words. The Martian. You like the movie I, I better? I really hated that book. It was so boring because it was just journal entries the whole time. And it was one guy's journal entries. And it was very scientific. And it was very dry. And it was very hard to read. I couldn't get into it. I knew it was going to be a better movie. I liked the movie better of Girl on the Train. I liked the movie better of Gone Girl. Oh, See, wild. so it does. That was, that was a good movie. That, I think that was almost better than the book, too. I really liked the book, but I haven't watched the, I've never seen the movie. With, with Reese Witherspoon? Yeah, it's I really love Reese I, have, I haven't seen either. Oh, the book is awesome. I don't know. Maybe read the book. <laughs> but like, I watched Beautiful Boy with Steve Carell the other night, uh-huh. and that's a book that I've been waiting for on Overdrive forever, and it just popped up yesterday. But it's like, now it's going to be Steve Carell and Timothy Oliphant oh, in my head. But yeah. whatever. You got to yeah. do it. Another example is Jurassic World. People hate because it's nothing like Jurassic Park. But and that's I'm like, different. That's apples and oranges. No, it's not because they want it to be because he wrote Michael Crichton wrote three books. Right. And really, like after Jurassic Park, none of them really continue to follow that story line no. at all. So people get really upset. But I appreciate them just keeping with the movies, keeping that world alive, even though it's not Michael Crichton's writing any longer. Mm. I, that's my personal opinion. I yeah. like all of it. Yeah. Just Nicole and I my... always have this issue of of having the books 
go or the movies or the TV shows or whatever will take a character from a book and then go some someplace completely different that was never written anywhere in the book. Yeah, I guess it. It's just it, your ability to separate the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. I, you're better I at separating. Probably it depends than on I how am. much I loved it. <laughs> I, and that has a lot to do with it too, because yeah. when you really, yeah. really love something, mm-hmm. you're almost like offended. I am offended when, when they it do goes something a different different. way. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I can't believe that they did that. Bastards. Well, if you like creepy and sexual stuff, then you would like you by Carolyn She's, Captain. She already read, read that book and she and reviewed that was it creepy way as before. Hell. Is that the freaking new Netflix it. show? Are you watching the loved Netflix it. series? No. Oh, no, you gotta watch it. it. Yeah. It looks Ugh. creepy as fuck. Like I, I almost started it last night at nine o'clock and I was no. like, no, can't do it. That you should book, read the book first. Okay. Because it's even creepier. Yeah. And <laughs> let me tell you, the, the only reason I got that book is because I got pissed off at Overdrive because it kept trying to send me recommendations for YA books so I'm like fuck this I want a horror and I want mature audience only and it came up you was the only one that came up and I'm like that's right. it that, that's a good description that pretty much covers it alright Martha what about your book alright so I read something weird I'm the creepy and weird this Martha, week Martha what's your book yes of course I read something weird uh, it's called Pretend I'm Dead by Jen Began. And it is a debut novel, sticking to my new um, New Year's resolution. New Year's resolution, where I was going to try to read more debut novels. This is really um, it was one of those books where it doesn't really follow a lot of it doesn't follow the same storyline like it with the beginning, middle, and end type story. It's more of a more more of is a linear type novel where you're following this girl through her life which is super strange. It starts out where she is volunteering at a needle exchange. A needle exchange? Yeah, for like heroin addicts and and stuff. So she's volunteering and she sees this guy who always comes in there. She calls him Mr. Disgusting. Oh. <laughs> but yet she's... Sounds fant- like you. Sounds I like know. something you would say. I know, but yet she's fantasizing about him the whole time. <laughs> and she's young. Again. Yeah, again. <laughs> I yeah. <digress. laughs> again. So she's pretty young. I, I, I want to say she's 23, 24, young. And this guy's in his 40s. So she describes him and she talks about him. And then he, he disappears for a while. He doesn't show up. So they kind of had a moment, one little moment together. And she sort of focuses on that. And then she talks about missing him. And then he sort of shows up again. Well, in the meantime, she is, what she does for a living is she cleans houses. Her aunt owns this company, and she, she has lived with her aunt since she was young. She has a really interesting life. She, um, her parents were addicts, and so you get a lot of the background with that, and she was basically abandoned by her parents, and she has lived with her aunt. But the thing I liked about this book was that the it was more of a focus on the humor because her own feelings about it aren't, oh, poor me, my parents were addicts and all this bad stuff happened to me and that's the reason, you know what I'm saying? It's more like she's she's just doing her thing. Yeah. It's like that was normal and she was doing her thing and um, you get a lot of, I don't know, a fly on the wall type feeling of... You're looking at somebody's really fucked up life. Right. 
one of her hobbies is she takes photographs, but she takes photographs in other people's homes because she cleans houses. That's what she does. So she'll put their shit on, you know, and take pictures and do all this stuff. It's it's just so bizarre. It was really a bizarre novel. I feel like I read this. It that sounds, sounds so familiar. <laughs> it was really good. Um, I think I liked it because I felt like I just wanted to be her friend. <laughs> it's like come on, honey, let's go do something together or let's be friends so that you won't be so sad. But, but she, she really wasn't that but sad. But she wasn't sad in the way that the books that you guys read are yeah, sad. Yeah, she wasn't like a woe is me kind no, of No, she was a fun sad. Does that make sense at all? Yes. Like yes. you wanted to do shots with this girl or something, you know? She was just really super... So it's just like a day-to-day in her life? Sort of, yeah. And then she moves, she decides that, well, she... She moves to New Mexico. I'm not going to go into all of the details about what happens to her, because that's part of what makes the book really good. Yeah. Is finding out what happens to Mr. Disgusting and finding out what happens with her aunt and finding out how she deals with, you know, taking pictures in people's houses and the kind of situations she runs up against, because it's really kind of it's a very voyeuristic kind of read. Mm. Where you're like, oh my gosh, she's gonna get caught! Oh my god! <laughs> so you know where there's no sex in my book, <laughs> Martha. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a little sex in it, but it's more. I don't know. I mean, like this boyfriend that she has in Mister Disgusting, which she does eventually hook up with the guy. I mean, he can't even get it up because he's a heroin addict. Huh. So you know, the sex that they have is kind of like you know him going down on her, and you know, just get a popsicle stick, guys. <laughs> Some duct tape, duct tape, and popsicle Slivers, Nicole. God yeah, damn, splitters. <laughs> Not just slivers. Could you imagine taking that duct tape off after? No. <laughs> yeah. You have to soak that thing. I know. Wait, I'm confused. What's the duct tape for? For popsicle You tape them on. You I know? got you. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, there's a lot of really things that you never think about. Things that I would never, I have never come in contact with someone who is a hardcore heroin addict in my life. See, I love those books. Drug addicts, incest, abuse. About the day-to-day stuff. Drug addiction. No, I don't like that kind of stuff. I don't like the the mean, horrible, awful, She doesn't like anything that makes your heart feel. I don't like that. We've talked. She doesn't want to feel. No. No. This was not like that at all. This book was not like that. (laughs) She leaves it feeling up to me and Nicole. Yeah. But all books make you feel something. Yeah, but I don't know. I I like to feel on my own terms. I don't want to be, you know, she wants to feel manipulated into being sad. Some that something is cool and like exciting and actiony, or she's a very on the surface reader. I am sci-fi, but anything that's like well, it gives you emotion. Yeah, I always feel manipulated when they're trying to, you know, tell me the story that's supposed to make me feel sad. It pisses me off. Oh, but, like yeah, but it's just a good author. Yeah, yeah not necessarily. No. Well, it depends because I've read some Mushy where bullshit. it feels like they're trying too yeah. hard to make you sad, yeah. and there's some Ugh. that are written well enough that you you're so engulfed in the person's life that it makes you sad that these things are happening to this character because you love them. Yeah, but I like yes, people. But she doesn't like either one of them. No, here's the reason that I liked <laughs> this. I liked this because she didn't take herself too seriously and her sadness too seriously. 
You know, she was trying to get on with her life. She wasn't wallowing in all this bullshit that happened to her in her life. She was getting on with it. Yeah, she's taking pictures in strangers' houses. That's right. It was fascinating <laughs> and it was fun and it was like being a fly on the wall, which is the kind of book I like. I like it when I feel like I'm there. You know, mm-hmm. where, I don't, I don't know. You should read you. I probably should read that, actually. that's a we, total we fly talked on about the wall that. Yeah. yeah. That's all it he is. does is creep And I don't think that makes you feel too bad, too powerfully no, you, no it's, it's not better. necessarily about the feeling like i it's said more it's like, like i want to i want to come to the terms i want to come to terms with the story on my own without being you know don't push your man don't push me into feeling sad that pisses me off don't make I her feel bad on my own terms <laughs> no but really i enjoy the humor people who take a humorous approach to difficult things those are my people which is why i like this book because she she found herself she didn't take herself too seriously, but yet all the stuff that was happening to her in her life was really kind of awful. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Just a humorous look at people's hardship. Everybody's got a hardship in their life. What's it called again? It's called Pretend I'm Dead by Jen Began. B-E-A-G-I-N. Okay. And it was her first novel, so I think it was fucking awesome. I think she did a really great job of putting forth this character that was completely unique and a story that was completely unique. And in this world of so many different types of books, I think that's an accomplishment. I want to read it. That sounds good. It was really good. And it actually sounds pretty good. It was named a best book of the year by O, the Oprah magazine, which I didn't know when I read it. I just read it because it was a debut novel Um, and shortlisted for the Center for Fiction First Novel Prize. Awesome. Yeah. So there you go. Great. And it has a picture of rubber gloves, a rubber glove <laughs> on the front with a cigarette in, in the rubber glove. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's just, it's an awesome picture. It's a picture of, you know, blue sky and clouds and then this rubber glove with a cigarette. <laughs> it's just awesome. <laughs> All right. So that's that. So I need more beer ready for our event so I can drink. Are you going to drive me home that night? I think we need to get somebody who is our designated driver to I mean, drive Tyler's us all home. I mean, Tyler's going to be there. Yeah, call an Uber. Well, Martha has a remote, so you guys are going to figure out how to have yeah. to figure out how to do that. Uh, I, I don't get done till six. I've already talked to Mike. He's going to set up. He's he's good. Just the yeah. speakers. Yeah. Anyways, our event is this Saturday because you're if you're listening. You're right. Because if you're listening, be, yes, this is the most current episode. So Saturday, January twenty sixth of. 2019, just in case anybody's listening to this, because <laughs> like, this lasts in three years. forever. Yes, yeah. uh, at 7 p.m. at Full Circle Bookstore in Oklahoma City, and there's going to be beer from and Elk we, Valley Brewing Company. And we highly encourage people from surrounding states to join us because it's going to be so much fun. And if you weren't listening, or because we oh, did a Facebook we talk live about the books too. Well, if we uh, on our Facebook live earlier, if you didn't watch that, uh, Brian said they're actually bringing a beer for people to sample that is kind of it's is it the bourbon it's like beer? The bourbon, yeah, the bourbon yeah. based yeah. off of yeah. like a bourbon whiskey it's, scotch. It's but aged it's beer. in Jim Beam yeah. barrels, is what he said. Yep. So you get that. You know, that well, the whiskey Beam beer whiskey. thingy. It sounds pretty good. I, I'm does. excited to mm-hmm. try it. Let's talk about the books real quick so that if you feel like playing along, you can actually get one of the books before the event, read it. And then when we discuss the books, you can put your two cents in on the book. Otherwise, and if, yeah, and if you don't idea. want to, 
Nope. No worries. They yep. will have all of the books on sale at Full Circle. And you get a discount right. if you buy the book from discount. Full Circle. Mm-hmm. Um, space Opera by Catherine Valente was my choice because, you know, I like the weird spacey type stuff. And uh, Before We Were Yours by Lisa Wingate because it's a feely novel and I like the feely stuff. <laughs> Bridge of Clay by Marcus Zusak because Marcus Zusak is awesome. Amazing. He is awesome. The Countess Conspiracy by Courtney Milan is Alyssa's pick, which mm-hmm. is a romance novel. Uh, the Praise Song for Butterflies by Bernice McFadden is Kayla's choice. Kayla is the queen of new releases. And Jessica picked The Dark Descent of Elizabeth Frankenstein by Kirsten White, which sounds like... Something I would like too. Yeah, Jessica. And Jessica you and I have, have the, a lot yeah, of the same, same, same we, thoughts. We, yeah. yeah, we sort of fly on the same frequency. She she is reading space opera right now. So yeah. me and Kayla kind of sync together quite a bit, and me and Nicole actually too sync together with stuff that we like to read a lot. And mm-hmm. and Alyssa's got her own thing. Going. And Alyssa <laughs> is her own woman <laughs> with her romance. She read Outlander with me. Yeah, well, that's she true. Did. And so that's did you. True. Yeah, I read Outlander too. And that's you do it. like a good, you like a romance every once in a while. You like Jojo Moyes and she's a rom- she likes romance, right? Yeah. Although I did read one of Jojo Moyes and I loved it. So mm-hmm. I can't say anything. I read the one and then that was it. So I, I like when there's romance in a book. It's unlike Martha. Cause there it was, makes her feel hey, things. I, I and... just like, you know, I, I just like the... Uh, Get right to business type books. Yes. Mm-hmm. We know. Sort of, sort of like, uh, sort of like uh, the uh, the male sex robot of books. Yeah. There's no mean. talking to her sex robot. <laughs> Just get on with it. Yeah. So Saturday is the day, people. We want you to come. It's the 26th at Full Circle Book at 50 Pen Place in Oklahoma City. And we're going to drink some beer from Elk Valley Brewing Company. We're going to have some beer. Uh, Beer stuff from Elk Valley to yes, give away. Yes, we have giveaways. And I think we have some giveaways from Full Circle Bookstore as well. Yeah. And, of course, our mugs. We're going give to give a couple of mugs I don't away. know if I'm going to have time to do bookmarks. Yeah, that's okay. They'll love our, our mugs anyway. I've been so busy with work. It's just insane. I want to point out again that come by. It'll be a great, like, Justin Timberlake pregame. Oh, yeah. Go by the bookstore. Get, oh, yeah. get a couple of tasters like, of beer. Oh. What time is the concert, though? We're not done till 9. Well, doors open at seven, but he probably won't even start till nine. So it'd be a good place to because stop by have, on your like, way to you know, the show. Yeah, yeah they'll have true. openers. That's true. Just come skip the opener. Come hang he out with us. He just said that a couple of times. I'm like, are you just going to go home and listen to Justin Timberlake? No, or is there he's going to be here. On? It's like the biggest concert of the year Justin, so far. <laughs> Justin is going to skip the fucking concert That's and the come name of to sex our <laughs> Justin event. Timberlake. He's like, I don't need to do this concert. I need to read some books. Okay. Middle right. Woods. <laughs> How awesome would it be if he came to our event? <gasps> come on, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And on that note, that's going to do before three, three book girls. Girls. <laughs> can't get enough of three book girls join the conversation on facebook and follow them on twitter and instagram if you really love them share the podcast with a friend three book girls a steel trap production